1: Good evening. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. It's been a long day, but a good day getting things done. Yes, it is still WrestleMania week, and I haven't forgotten about that, but we're going to be a little serious tonight, but not too serious, I hope. Uh, I don't often interview people running for office, but I do when they reach out to me. So joining me this evening is Michael Fritz. Uh, He is running for mayor here for the city of Montgomery. How are you this evening, Michael? I'm doing great, Joey. Good Good to have you. And uh, when you reached out and your son reached out, I I looked a little bit, I wanted to keep this fresh, but I looked a little bit into what you're all about. Number one, I love the fact that Montgomery's
0: mayoral races, there's not a party affiliation, right? That's correct. It's all, it's one vote, citywide vote, and then the top two candidates, if no one gets 50%, goes into a runoff. So um, it's not, and you don't have to declare what party you're with. Okay. And see, I like this because then you get to focus on the person, get to
1: focus on their vision and what they want to do with the city, but... Before we get into
0: any sort of things political or policy-wise, I want to know about you. Yeah. Well, the reason why I wanted to be on your show is because my son was on your show. Uh, he does some stand-up comedy, and and uh, he's a big fan of yours, and so he said, go on Joey's show. He, he, he has a lot of fun with it, and, and I listened to that show, and it's was, it was a pretty fun show. Yeah, we had a blast
1: with it. I believe we talked about him writing about music festivals, and his girlfriend was doing photography for music. Oh,
0: he has the dream job for a college is that he writes for a magazine um, and he goes to music festivals they pay for him to go to music festivals and then pay him if he writes uh, a story and he's living the the college dream yeah when I heard it I was a bit green with envy
1: not too much but But, that's just what a great
0: gig but Uh, So are you born and raised in Montgomery? No, what happened is I was uh, born and raised in, well, I was raised in North Georgia, Okay. uh, up in the mountains, lived in, uh, went to public school. Uh, A lot of people, if you you look at a picture of me, thinks, ah, he's just some silver spoon attorney, and I'm not. Uh, We were on free lunch at public school in the mountains. And so I wanted to go to college. I joined the Navy right out of high school and got the GI Bill. Funny thing, story of how I got to Montgomery are the colors orange and blue. Okay, our high school was orange and blue. Bo Jackson was winning the Heisman Trophy right around the time I was graduating. Little I, I graduated after. I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, and then, so I became a big fan. And when I joined the Navy, I thought, well, I'm a small town boy, and I went. I've been out of school for two years. Somebody told me about Auburn-Montgomery. You can get a degree that says Auburn, you're 45 minutes, without the big campus. And so I actually found Auburn-Montgomery because of the colors orange and blue. And I moved here in 1990 and married a girl who was born and raised here. So I've been in Montgomery uh, since 1990, except for the little stint I went to. Cumberland and Birmingham to go to law school. Awesome! Well, first off, War Eagle. War Eagle. And I'm looking forward to this final. Oh, game I can't wait
1: till Saturday. It's gonna be so awesome, I, and what an investment Bruce Pearl has paid <sighs> off me. Uh, that's awesome. And and my father did a similar track. He started at Auburn uh, Montgomery AUM, and then he went over to Auburn, finished civil engineering. But you just mentioned you went up to. I've actually visited Cumberland. I've been up there on that campus. So you went
0: to law school. I, went, I did. I went to law school, and then I came back. Uh, our son was born while we were in law school and I came back and I worked for a collection attorney's office statewide I've been to every county except two counties up in the the northeast uh, corner and then I went and worked with the bankruptcy administrator's office uh, for eight years learned everything about bankruptcy and then 2009 when the market crashed i opened my own firm what i wanted to do is help people right now what i'm doing is i reorganize reorganize businesses through chapter 11 right sometimes we just file a chapter 7 and close and then at the same time i'm doing consumer bankruptcy so i'm doing you know um million-dollar cases, and then I'm coming down and helping the person with uh, $300 car payments sure. that they're struggling to make. So I have the whole gamut of the business knowledge along with the empathy for those who are really hurting. Well, and it, it sounds like because
1: of what you do with uh, bankruptcy, uh, this you really see people in dire straits. You understand why, say, a multi-million dollar business might be in trouble, which there's, it's funny, the better you get, the more you grow, the more uh, potential pitfalls there are, in a way, if you don't plan. But then, as you said, you see maybe why that person can't pay that $300 car payment. So, is that really put you in touch with a lot of different aspects of the people
0: here? It, it really does. There's a lot of um, great people out there that know their business. The, the good thing for me is I've had a wide variety of businesses that I get. I look at their financials, I look at their employment, I look at their management, and I've done everything from... Uh, real estate developments to agriculture, manufacturing, restaurants—you know—all these different businesses I've had a part in, and I think that makes me uniquely qualified to look at as a city starts its infrastructure and their their grooming of businesses, making it where businesses will come here. I can I can foresee. How we need to help those businesses so they don't get into the problems that some of my clients have.
1: Right, absolutely. I mean, and that's always great knowledge you bring to the table that you know how it can go wrong for and at different levels for different types of people. And how long have you been in practice?
0: Doing? Yeah, I, in two thousand nine. It was so okay. funny that um, I went, left a government cushy job uh, <laughs> with zero clients. But what I did is I built uh, a network of people who did bankruptcies that trusted me mm-hmm. while I was with the court and they said, Michael, if you go out, we will we will refer clients to you. See, there's two types of bankruptcy attorneys. There's one that does consumer high volume and then there's some that do the complicated cases. The guys who do the, the uh, high volume, they're helping a lot of people but if you throw somebody who has three LLCs and an apartment complex in there, it, it throws off their their volume, right. and so they don't want to deal with that. So, very first day, um, a guy named Paul Paul sent me a case, and I've I've never looked back. and And I've it, I feel so good when I'm able to help people. They come into me, and they've been beat up by the banks, and, and you know, first of all, the banks are your partners until you miss that first payment. <laughs> right. I, I heard the other day that uh, if you don't think you count. Uh, miss a few payments. You'll you'll see that you matter to somebody. They care. They really care. They really care. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I like to be able to help people that are beaten down, and, and they think that they don't have a clue. I mean, they don't have a chance. Now, the bankruptcy code was set up so that people would take chances. And most of my clients, they take chances. They've employed people. And because of either the economy changed, or you know, different things, some embezzlement from employees, things like that. They've had difficult times, but bankruptcy is set up to help people. Um, so they'll, if, if there's not a bankruptcy system, there's debtors' prison, right. and then nobody take, takes any chances. Right.
1: And okay, so you have. You took a risk, and I like that. You went out on your own. You found success, and I guess it's been about a decade it, now. It hit. June will be 10 years that's, for me. That's fantastic, and congrats on that. But in, in a way, you're now taking another risk, and I almost find it. This is just me talking. You can obviously give your own opinion. That's why you're here. And again, folks, we're talking to Michael Fritz. He is a candidate for mayor here of the great city of Montgomery. Uh, people have called up. And I think maybe I got into some speech or rabble-rousing that inspired them and said, Joey, you should run for office. And I always respond to that, but why would you want to punish me that way? <laughs> it seems like a fresh hell for just me personally. So you found this success in your career and you know running your own practice. Why take this next risk to try to run and be mayor and serve? I mean, there are a few questions smuggled in there, yeah. but why run?
0: Well, I am going to tell you the funny one first. And, and then okay. we'll, we'll take the series. Is well, I'm an empty nester. Uh, <laughs> my youngest son is now at Troy, and our our your your former guest Michael Ann is graduating from college May 11th, and I'm really proud of him. And so we're empty nesters, and we've seen everything on Netflix. So <laughs> what else am I going to do with my time? You could watch WrestleMania. <laughs> with yeah, on well, WrestleMania. <laughs> I didn't realize that was on. So really. In addition to my practice, what I've done is about three years ago, I I talked to uh, my buddy, Michael Burdell, and I said, Michael, I want to get involved. And uh, I'm about to be an empty nester. And he put me on the Montgomery City County Library Board. Uh, I'm on the Lagoon Park Trail Board. Uh, I run the Ultimate Frisbee League in town. Uh, I do all of this volunteer stuff behind the scenes. And they i understand how the city operates hmm. i understand how what keeps young people in town which is things to do and the mayor has so much yeah i tell the story of the reason i've been talking about being the mayor of Montgomery for 20 years. And it started when we had the opportunity to get the rails to trails. And what happened is, all you had to do was accept the gift from the railroad stations of their unused tracks, then apply for a grant with the federal government. They'll give you the money to resurface, and then you just have to maintain it. Well, our um, city fathers at the time decided not to do it. I go to Atlanta, I go to Charlotte, I, I go I, I even think that Phoenix City has some. And these are beautiful trails. And you know, we talk about obesity in, in Alabama sure. and but we don't want to give people um, places to exercise with. And I thought the quality of life is it can be enhanced by the mayor at the local level and i have all this experience working in all these committees working with kids and and before that i coached every team that my my kids were on and i then i have the business knowledge from my bankruptcy practice i really believe i can make a difference uh, i can make this a better place uh, I, I think it's strange because I, I really enjoy what Todd Strange, and, and I don't right. want to say, I, I just think that we can build on what he's doing, what he's done, and we can make it even better.
1: Well, and there's always uh, room for improvement, but I'll reach out and agree that I think Todd Strange has done a good job as mayor, and to hear you, you say that as well, I I agree. Uh, I, I don't think... You have to, you can make the quality of life better, but you don't have to, you know, recreate the wheel, so no, to speak. No, there are, there's a lot of good things going on, but I, I want to get back to like, so you've served on these committees. You are, it seems like you're, you want to be very involved in the community. I'm just, I'm trying to <laughs> make minds meet because I'm such a hermit, I'm such yeah. a curmudgeon. Uh, like, where does that, that impulse come from? The idea that I want to get out there and help. What, what does this do? Because, it's not all sunshine and lollipops running, let alone being mayor. You're going to hear a lot of complaints, all sorts of things. Why is, let's say, the the downfalls or the, the downsides of it
0: worth becoming mayor and trying to make the city a better place? I haven't fully answered that in my head yet. Some days I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> uh, people like me. It generally, uh, I'm going to make a lot of people mad sure. just for no, nothing I do, just because some people like to uh, look at authority and, and, and see um, all their faults. I'm sick and tired of people complaining that they live in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And I have taught my children, the grass is not always greener. You know, you go to Birmingham and the first couple of days, whoo, it's great. <laughs> but when you get into the underbelly, there's crime there. Yeah. There is streets that aren't paved. Every city has its its downfalls. So can I do that? You know, can I make a difference? And I think it's worth it um, to stand up for what you believe and say, you know what, I'm gonna not sit back and complain. I'm gonna go out there and be part of the the, the solution. I think I have some leadership skills that uh, either – I'm also a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserves. Oh, well, so you. I've had all this leadership training sure. both through the federal government and through um, the Army. And I just think if you're put in a position where I came from nothing and um, I, I, I went through very difficult times, I should give back. I've been so blessed with where I am and the people that have just embraced me. Uh, um, if, if Joe Watkins is listening, when I first moved here, he he, um, he he was really nice to me and and took me to Sunday lunch. I, I remember, and and it's those kind of things is paying it forward with the with the talents that you have. Amen to that. Now. It's
1: easy, I think, and I always it always puzzled me. Why is politics always so negative? But I, I realized it's very easy to point out what's wrong. Because, like, let's say, you know, we and I have a free Sunday. Are we going to go on a bike trail? Are we going to go hiking? Or are we going to go watch a baseball game? Are we going to watch WrestleMania? Like, when you're just thinking about positive things to do, It's the sky's the limit. But you can generally have a conversation with people of all sorts of different backgrounds of what's wrong. And that way we can make things right by just getting rid of the stuff that's wrong. So if you had to lay out like three major things that you see are issues here with the city of Montgomery that you would try to ameliorate in some way, what would those three things be? First of all, people shouldn't
0: watch Wrestlemania <laughs> oh, no, I don't no, think we can be no, friends no, like I'm, I'm just kidding come on uh, no <laughs> uh, we, when my kids were younger we went to a lot of Wrestlemania stuff okay, so nice. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, the, the three things that everybody wants is economic growth they want safety and they want better education those are the three things um Education, let's take that one first. Sure. Education is such a weird place for a mayor. We have a county school board, and the county school board makes the decisions about what principal is in a school, what their testing standards are, the curriculum, and the mayor gets all the blame. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what I would do as mayor is. I I heard Todd Strange give a talk the other day, and he said, uh, one, uh, one thing I regret is not using my bully pulpit to influence the schools more. And what he means by that is that you can't tell a school board what to do, but you can emphasize strongly what you want. And I think... As we make a full circle of those three issues for our economic development, what we need is strong education. And here's what we need: we need workforce development classes. We, I want to go to the school board and say, "Look, if I want to recruit these electronic companies, um, uh, a manufacturing jobs, Hyundai's, uh, the Tier ones, and, and all of those, I need." students that have some type of technical abilities now not everybody can go to college I, I, I give a bankruptcy talk on on um student loans and how it's the bubble's about to burst it's just overwhelming but there are ways that you can earn a lot of money by having certificates from trade schools associate um Trenum is a is a great place, right. um, and you can get associates degrees. What I think we should do, and, and I went, I was with the Alabama Bar State Leadership Forum a couple of years ago, um, and what we did is we went down into the Black Belt where they were teaching welding, and you could come out of high school with a welding certificate. Uh, I know um, my nephew in Maryland has a certificate in heavy machine operating. Right. So he can work his way through college. And these are things that we should be promoting in our schools. I can't make them. And anybody who says, I'm going to fix education it worries me that, that they don't understand how the mayor's office works. Well, unless somebody's saying we need a city school system. And, That's yeah. such
1: a big lift. And, yeah,
0: and you can do that, but it would take 24-7 of your time right. um but the other thing is, being a bankruptcy attorney, financial literacy uh, it, it is huge. Now, I, I've been talking to some teachers, and they said, well, we have parts of that. Um, there's a group called Junior Achievement. I was in it, and it's gone away from Montgomery. I think that's it's a national club that um, marries business leaders with students so they can learn entrepreneurial skills and financial literacy. I would love to see that back uh, and get... We have a lot of great people in Montgomery that are willing to give their time, and if we can um, show them a way to give of their time to these students, I, I, I think we'll have a lot of people involved in that. I
1: mean You got right into the pith of it, though, in education as far as uh, a mayor is concerned. It's almost like you're fighting this battle with one arm tied behind your back, if not two... And I think the best tool is the bully pulpit. In this last uh, school board cycle, election cycle, Todd Strength did use that bully pulpit, and I think fairly effectively. And so education is an issue. It's weird. It's almost like a divided system where the magnet schools are gangbusters right now. Phenomenal, top in the nation in many ways. But there's some of the traditional public schools that are uh, falling behind. Not all of them, but there are just some. Um,
0: So... You're closer to all of them, and and, um, the the problem with that is you have taken the top ten percent of of the kids out of the system, and I don't have a solution because I'm not on the school. I'm not running for school board. If I was running for school board, I would tell you what my solution is. But I, I would like to see that what we are doing in the magnet schools, especially. Uh, BTW, uh, a friend of ours has a, a kid at BTW that just graduated in uh, technical theater and he can put a stage together, right? right? I mean, he can do something immediately um, if, if college isn't his choice, he can do something. Um, Br- um, Brutech has those same type things. I would like to see our schools taught like our magnet schools are taught um to challenge people, I think people rise to rise to challenge. And are we challenging them? Are we holding high standards to that? And are we giving them the technical side of it that you can get at a BTW right. or a BrewTech? Well,
1: and I do love where you're coming from on education uh, because I. It's. I saw a comedy video the other day, a group that I love called We the Internet, and they had a, a hilarious video where the guy who gets somewhere in the blue collar and he's got grease on his shirts, he's, he's the one actually offering to his, his roommate who's in law school, yeah. like, do you want me to get the pizza tonight, man? Like, like. And you mentioned welding, you mentioned heavy machinery operation. That is nothing to sniff at. That's a good bit of money if you know what you're doing. Yes. A lot more than radio hosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they're, they're working, I think, a more important job than me just sitting up here uh, blathering. But you mentioned also safety. Yes. And I've heard this before, that people will go to Pike Road, they'll go up to or Millbrook, because they can still commute, and they worry about the crime in the city of Montgomery. Now, my first thought, like I had my car window smashed a couple months ago, my first thought wasn't, what is Todd Strange doing about this? But... You can look at this from a general point of view. What would be your approach to saying that certain areas in the city maybe have high crime rates or there's a lot of maybe break-ins, robberies, these sort of things? Is it is it come to police department or is it is it a multi-pronged approach
0: across it, the board? It, it, there's a lot of issues. Um, um, I've been talking with police, my police officer friends, district attorneys, uh, criminal defense attorneys, and, um, and also being an Army reservist who's taught... The rules of uh, of engagement to soldiers. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going in on the front line. If I get called to the front line, we've already lost. Okay, <laughs> but I do know what the rules of engagement are, and I know how to teach them, and, and I've taught them before. And in the army, what you do is you have civil affairs go in and say we're the nice guys, but behind it you have the snipers, <laughs> and you're like we're going to do what these nice gentlemen say, or you can deal with the snipers right and and so that is the approach that I would take. There's a continuum of law enforcement. There's law and order cops who put let's put everybody in jail and let's uh, let the courts um, sort it out. Then on the other spectrum, is the neighborhood police which is oh let's get involved in our neighborhood and let's do nice things and and you know we've all seen the video of the guy playing basketball with the kids right those are great we have to shift to the middle hmm. which is like the army we're going to send our civil affairs in first but we're going to be tough you are going to obey the law and we're going to uh, have police officers that are that enforce the law fairly, but in a tough manner. And but we're going to start with the civil affairs. And here is what we do. I have an approach, and and, and at first I thought, well, this is a little soft, and a lot of, um, we call it soft skills. Sure. Um, and it's it, my whole theory on running. I mean, my whole campaign is Montgomery proud. And what I mean by Montgomery Proud is, let's have a corporate um, culture shift. And by a corporate culture shift, what I mean is, you can go and make changes begrudgingly, and people will make these changes begrudgingly. Or, you can go in and encourage people, this is a great place to live. We're going to treat... The heavy machine operator, the same as we do our loan officer at the bank. And we're going to treat everybody like they're important. Because the thing is, they are important. And when you have that, and we are going to be Montgomery Proud. You know, they say, you know, Army Strong, you know, different places strong. We're going to be Montgomery Proud. And, and once you have that shift in your mentality... You want to do the things that make it a better place. You know, Giuliani, and uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan today, but when he was mayor, uh, <laughs> you know, he he had the broken glass policies, I think. is If you see broken glass, pick it up. Right. We have pride in where you live. My father-in-law uh, was a CFO at the hospital here for a long time, and we would go to have Sunday lunch with him at the hospital, and he would pick up trash on the way from the parking lot, because that's what you do when you're proud of something. And furthering that is when somebody is that you know is about to commit a crime, you and you're proud of where you live and you don't want to see it go down in decline, you're going to say, Hey, we don't do that here. Right. And then the people are going to be proud. The other thing that stops crime is a quality education. And a good job, which goes to being Montgomery proud. If you want to be, if you're proud of your job and you don't want to lose it, you're not going to go on the weekend and, or at night and commit crimes. All right. Now, there's always going to be an element of people, um, one of the police chiefs uh, I talked to one time, he said, there's about 10% of people who just want to do no good. And, you know, we can encourage them and we can be tough on them. But the difference is, is there more crime or is the percentage the same? You know, when we had 100,000 people and you had 10%, then that's 1,000 people. If you have 300,000 people and then if you count the people that commute in, you're going to have 500,000 people. Then the number of people that want to commit crimes go up. Even though the percentage is the same, right. and so my answer to the, in summary, yes, the safety question is Montgomery proud. Let's make everybody proud. Change the corporate culture of both the citizens and the police officers, and, and, and all city employees. And then the second is switch to a. Um, a more middle of the road, tough on crime, um, sure. and as long going along with the neighborhood um, policing. Absolutely. Well here we got to
1: hit this break again. we're talking to Michael Fritz. He is a candidate for mayor upcoming. Um, in a second, we'll let people know how they can maybe reach out and help you okay. if they so wish or want to support uh, your campaign. And I, I forgot to do it at the beginning of the show. I need to give a shout out to Norman over at Joseph A Bank. Dude, help me out today. Uh, my brother's getting married in June, Michael, and up in Saratoga Springs, New York, where his uh, fiance is from. By the way, she's much better than my brother. <laughs> He better not screw that up. He is really punching above his weight. But because it's for people all over, he's you know getting me to buy a tux or rent a tux. Can't quite buy one yet. Renatux tux uh, online, but I didn't have tape to measure. So I walked into Joseph A. Bank, and Norman, Kind he heard my requests out. He took paying customers first, um, but he helped me out, got the measurements down. So thank you for that, Norman. Uh, I'll have to be going back by Joseph A. Bank. And I learned when I was talking to Norman, he's also working out. I've been working out. I've been watching, I guess, too much wrestling. I want to get ripped like some of the guys. Um, I'm going to Express Fitness 24-7. been doing personal training with Alex over there on Monday mornings and Friday mornings. But the great thing about Express Fitness 24-7, it's in the name. 24-7. You can go whenever you like. There's no year-long contract commitment. So if you want to try out the gym for a month, you can. And that's it. You're not on the hook for a bunch of money. They're never hurting for equipment. Uh, Every time I go in there, there's no excuse of i got to wait on this person to finish what they're doing. No. Always plenty of equipment, plenty of high-quality, top-notch, state-of-the-art machines there. I love it. I love that it's become even more of a mental challenge than it is just a physical challenge of getting up in the morning. So, folks, if you're interested in Express Fitness 24-7, Give them a try. The best place to check them out is ExpressFitness24, the number 24.com. Again, that's ExpressFitness24.com. I'm going to the Zelda Road-Hillwood Festival Shopping Center location right above Firehouse Subs. But if you're Millbrook or Prattville or Clinton or even Pine Level, Pine Level gets forgotten too often. But it, anywhere, they have all sorts of locations. So check them out at ExpressFitness24.com and tell them, uh, Joey Senji, if you happen to find yourself in the gym there. They'll help you out, folks. Even if you feel like a fish out of water, they'll give you a few free personal training sessions, help you meet your goals, figure out what your goals are if you don't even have some in mind. You just want to get in shape. Uh, coming back, we'll continue our conversation with Michael Fritz, talking about the city here of Montgomery. In a way, Michael, you're talking to a guy who's right. Um, 30 years old. I have yet to really lay down roots here. I don't really have a girlfriend or marriage material. And, and right now, I haven't bought a house yet. So, I mean, in a way, we could talk about what's the opportunity uh, for the younger generation going forward here in the city of Montgomery. How can we be Montgomery Proud? Um, We'll talk about that more after this break. Joey
0: Clark.
1: Welcome back, folks. This evening, we're uh, talking to Michael Fretz. He is a candidate for mayor here in the city of Montgomery. And and, pardon me, I'm going to come across as ignoramus. When is the election exactly?
0: August 27th. August 27th, 2019. Yes. It's it's quite a crowded field. It is. Um, I I know most of the guys or or know of them. And what's great is we have high-quality people. You know... You have to distinguish yourself, but uh, I, I, I like the rest of the candidates that are in, in already. Well, and I like we were talking about
1: this a little bit off air. I like local politics. I mean, sometimes it could seem petty. Like, there's a pothole in my street. That's not petty if you keep running over it with your car. I get it, but that's not, let's say, the geopolitics of having to deal with North Korea. But in a way, I like local politics because we can sit down pretty easily across a desk like this and just
0: have a conversation. Um, What, What I like about it is if you're in the Republican Party, and we've all seen it, or if you're in the Democratic Party... You have to toe the line. If you're a member of Congress and, and, and you're like, okay, you have to vote this way and it's kind of a chess game. Well, if you do this, then they'll do that and we'll do that. And it becomes to a point it comes to a point where they're not saying anything and they're not doing any, anything. They're sitting in a room trying to stop the other one. In Montgomery, there's no political affiliation with the mayors. Therefore, I get to be a Montgomerian who's proud, and in some issues, I might be conservative. Fiscally, I'm always going to be conservative. Okay. And then in other areas, I might be uh, look at the situation and say, well... Let's take an approach that maybe a Democrat would take, but you couldn't do it on a national level. You couldn't even say it on a national <laughs> right. level, or, 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 you know, uh, you you would you would be out of the party. It's um, about the ideas. It's about the yeah. policies. Huh? Bobby Bobby Bright's a a, a a fan. I'm a big fan of Bobby Bright because he did that. He he went out. He was an attorney. Uh, I found out he was. Uh, I was talking to his son the other day. I'm the same age as what uh, Bobby Bright was when, and he had a law practice when he became mayor. So I, I like that part of that story, but I think that he wanted to do what was right. I, I, we still go up and we kayak on his property where you know where Big Fish was. Yeah, uh, it's so fun to to come up and and Judge Bright is taking a, a, a couple of dollars at the gate, and uh, I used to practice in front of her. But they're fabulous people, and they've done a great job up there. Um, on Jackson Lake, um, but I like his approach. Let's do the most good for the most people that are is effective for the most amount of time and, and that's what i I want to do. Um, I'm not beholden to anybody right. um, and, and I just want to see good things happen
1: Now, when you mentioned infrastructure before, let's do something topical, if yeah. you will there's all sorts of people have found it necessary and all sorts of hell was raised about this recent statewide gas tax yes. and some people are even like I'm all for the tax and the need if you you know for particular infrastructure projects road projects in particular but I didn't like the way they did it all that aside you, if imagine you're now the mayor I think we've heard – the the big issue I had with the bill is that, obviously, money, it's fungible. Right. So, okay, all this new revenue is coming into the city, but the, say, road construction budget stays the same at about $3 million. What would be your approach to infrastructure, whether it's roads or other major projects here in the city?
0: Yeah. First of all, we have to make sure our roads are maintained. Um one of the thing reasons I was for the gas tax is because cars used to get 15 miles to the gallon. Now they get 35-40. So you're driving and using these um so much more and paying less uh for those for that usage. Right. And it, as we get more electric cars, it's going to be the same thing. If we go all electric, we're going to have to find another way to to raise the revenue, but that revenue needs to be kept for the roads. It's it's a use tax, and I I, I like it the best because uh, of taxes. I'm not a fan of taxes. Don't get I don't want anybody to say oh this is tax. no, you get what you pay for. Right. And if you want quality roads and you your gas mileage is increasing, you have to find a way to bridge that gap. Uh, I I listened to uh, a a guy that was talking about the county. He was with the county commission. And he was talking about the aging process of our roads and bridges out in the counties. And they are so far behind. Um, And there is a pattern that you do, um, a uh, schedule scheduled maintenance that you do on roads and bridges. Do we have enough funds to keep those? Because if you you can't fill potholes... If you have bridges that are falling down, then we can't attract businesses to our city. And the other good thing is we don't all pay for that. We have people, you know, with our tourism, we have people from Georgia coming over to see a museum, um, go to a Biscuits game, see the Alabama Shakespeare, and they're paying for it because they're stopping and using our gases. But what you do is it's formula-based. It is, you get money based on a formula from the state, Mm -hmm. and then you use that, and I would increase the road budget by the amount that I get the increase. Then... And we already have this in place. It's a formula per road. So they have this grading system of we grade each road and we put it on a list and the bottom gets done first. Um, What that does is it takes away a lot of the the politics and Mm -hmm. and the good old boy system. First thing when I said I was running for mayor, everybody called me and said, you're going to fix my road. (laughs) I I can show you 10 texts. And I'm going to say... You get on the list, and and um, but I am not preferring one road over another. But putting things on formula based road uses usage, and then how bad the road surface is, those should get done first. Right, and so I would make sure that the formula that the state has given us is fair. And we're not, they're not giving more to Birmingham or, or out in the counties that we're getting our fair share. And there's a formula for it. And then when we take that, we increase our budget. So on our scheduled maintenance schedule, we are not falling behind. We're staying ahead. And we're, I want all the roads to, uh, Vaughn Road just got resurfaced and it, it, it was a mess. And I want all roads to be like that. And, we can do that if we budget our money and we go in a priority uh, manner to do that.
1: Well, and I like the idea of a use tax. A use tax is a use tax that if we're taxing you, claiming this is for the roads, it will stay in the road budget. Uh, I like that a lot, but more of a general conversation on taxes. You said you don't like them. Uh, can you foresee yourself? wanting to change, reform the tax system that we have currently in terms of the sales tax, you know, exempting maybe things like groceries. Could you see yourself supporting the occupational tax, raising taxes, lowering taxes, whatever it is having to do with
0: taxes? Yeah. Um, one, we have some of the... I think we're the highest sales tax in, in the state, so I'm not looking to, um, to raise those taxes right. um, at all. Uh, the sales tax under my regime, would never be raised. Exemptions. Exemptions, I think, has to be done on a statewide basis if the legislator wants to do it. Um, I would not promote... Uh, I, I would not go to pass a bill for exemptions uh, for anything. You know, the, the, the difficulty is in the implementation right. of if you get a T-bone steak. Or, or if you're getting you know uh, a can of, of green beans you know are, are those the same thing right Do, can we delineate that? Um, the, the, the way that that's done I, I wouldn't address that uh, and push for any any exemptions. Because I don't think that's what the mayor does. Right. I, I think city council, uh, the state legislator, I think that that's more their job. What I would do is um, manage the money that comes in to use it the most efficiently. And again, the bully pulpit, if, if I get in and, and I say, well, we need to do this, uh, um, then I, I might. But I don't have any plans right now to push for any additional taxes or additional um, exemptions. Mm -hmm. I want to get in, uh, make sure that we're using things efficiently, and then if we need to, uh, we could do that. But it's not something that that I have planned right now. I think that's that's fair. Um,
1: Now, I mentioned this before we hit the break. I'm 30 years old. I haven't really laid down too many roots. I was born and raised in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And I've seen things change. Uh, I think largely for the good. I, uh, I think, obviously, you mentioned Alabama Shakespeare Festival. What a, a, a gem for the city. And seeing downtown develop uh, has been, uh, maybe not as fast as I would like, but it's definitely developed. Uh, impressive. I drove through there the other night and was like, Wow. I don't go out and drink as much as I used to in my early twenties, but uh, it is uh, quite remarkable what's going on, and with new hotels coming in, like the Bishop Parker Building, and there's another building, I believe that it's a Korean company or owners or something like that. Um, and as a young guy who has options, I'm not tied down. So if I look for opportunity in other parts of the country. I'm ripe for it, but, you know, I also grew up here. So there is that charm and that angle. How would you pitch, say, a, a younger person in their 30s, this is the place to settle down?
0: Yeah. In life, I think if you look for good, you'll find it. If you look for bad, you'll also find it. There are. Thousands of things to do in Montgomery. Uh, my my buddy Will has a kickball league and some some different things. Uh, we run the ultimate frisbee league. Uh, MontgomeryUltimate.com. dot <laughs> com, and we have summer league. We have up to eight teams, and and everywhere from thirteen to fifty year olds, uh, men and women play. Um, so there are things to do. Uh, I'm with the Lagoon Park Trail. Uh, we just added a, a flow track for uh, mountain biking and, and we're having a 5k run, uh, the Beaver Trail 5k at Lagoon Park. Um, I'm just plugging away as long as you'll let me. It's all good. Um, and, and and there's things to do. I, the one thing that, that I would do and, and is I would bring back the open carry, um, the open uh, container not open carry <laughs> open, I was about to say no 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 <laughs> open container in the entertainment district right. um, we go on to a lot of different cities and, and uh, it, it is something that we can do in these establishments downtown that are trying to get entertained. by the way I love going downtown because I started working there in 1990 yeah. and at 5 o'clock there was nothing downtown maybe something at the civic center but nothing. And now, you go down there at, at 10 o'clock at night and there's people moving around and, and, and going to the local establishments. Um, and I like that. And, and can we continue to do that? My my friends uh, at Cahaba House, again, I'm plugging, uh, bought the old Bandanas building. Yeah. And that's a little bit further out from old Alabama town. And can we stretch that more and more to get what we have in the alley and, and around there, you know, all the way up to the Capitol, down Madison, and um, even down Maxwell Boulevard uh, it, are things that I want to see. So there are options out there. I, I think that our recycling plan is, is a good plan. I, I think millennials care a lot about recycling, and, sure. and, and I think that's one of their concerns. Um, and but if you look for that you'll find it and i want to emphasize that more there's things that we can do with the river uh we we've seen from dragon boats to um to jet skis and and things like that we can do i i would like a trail somewhere i i like to hike i would like a trail somewhere when i go to another city Um, I say I run. Sometimes it's a run-walk. I'm not saying, if anybody's out there, that it's a complete run. But if I'm at a downtown at a convention or or for the Army or something, I'll find their trail. And a lot of people have uh, walkways next to their rivers. And we want to expand that to Magazine Power Park and tie it all the way to the to the base. So there are things that we can do. Um, I told a bunch of people the other night about Lagoon Park Trail, and they'd never heard of it. Right. And they went out there with their mountain bikes and running, and and it's a wonderful place to be.
1: Well, and I do like uh, what you're selling in general, because a big part of what a mayor does is branding, is changing the the culture and the face for the citizens themselves and abroad. Um, I, I like the idea of doing whatever you can. Again, as Mary, it's like you have both hands tied behind your back with education, but you can speak out and use the bully pulpit, so to speak. The idea of, of safety, as you said, you more middle of the road. You know, enforcement, strong enforcement when you need it, but also things like you know the the pickup basketball games, getting out and getting to know the community and giving people opportunities. It, it's it's a big lift, though, in general. Like, And I i used to be somebody, I'll be honest here, that was always down on Montgomery. I always had something stupid to say. Maybe that's just you grow up where you grow up and you take it for granted. Um, so I, I like what you're saying. I like what you're selling. I, I'm wondering, have you ever run for public office before? I have not. First time. First
0: time. How, when did you announce? A week ago Thursday. week uh, ago, Thursday. In the country, we'd call that Thursday week.
1: Yeah, you know so i got you here early yeah yeah. so you're just starting out if somebody's hearing that you on the show and would like to support you how can they do that
0: yeah the the best way and i'm in that group that loves facebook uh you know uh, my kids are like you need to be on instagram you need to be on twitter no I, i i've been on instagram and it Just do Facebook. It's just better. (laughs) But we do have um, Michael Fritz for Mayor on Facebook. It's the best place to go. Uh, Email me there. Uh, I'll give you my cell phone number. It's 334-300-0598. And text me. Um, The Fritz Law Firm, um, fritzlaw.com, has my email address. And you can send me an email. I love talking to people. I I really do, and I love to hear new ideas, so please reach out. If you like what I'm spewing here, and you want to be Montgomery Proud, reach out to Michael Fritz for Mayor on Facebook, and I would love to have you be a part of the change to make um, the corporate culture Montgomery Proud.
1: Well, absolutely. I appreciate you being here in the, the last two minutes. I mean, who is the best ultimate Frisbee player here in the city? Uh, who is just dominant? Who's the Bo Jackson of the Frisbee field?
0: Uh, well, every once in a while we get these military people that find <laughs> us. And if you go to a new base and you sign up, so if he's listening, Patrick is probably the the best. Um, and But locally... A couple years ago, when I was going through a military school, I handed it off to Dustin. Dustin McKee, if you're listening, you are the best ultimate player. His throws have gotten more precise. Uh, His decision-making and his cuts are are just outstanding. Now, I think that... um, I can throw better than him, okay. <laughs> but not consistently enough. Um, right. it, it, every once in a while, I'll get that throw. But no, he he's so much fun, and he's a leader, and he's taken over the, the reins of, of president, and I'm what they call in the old school the immediate past president. Yes. Um, but I would say that, that Dustin McKee... Is our best ultimate player. He goes on tournaments all over the country, and um, he is going to head up my volunteers. Uh, if you play ultimate frisbee and you've played for years, Dustin will tell you you will volunteer for Montgomery Proud uh, Volunteer Army to go. Well,
1: that's awesome. I need to get out there. You like will. I need to we,
0: we have summer league. It starts in the end of May. Okay, and it's every Thursday night, six to six to nine. And you just take off that night. You bar- just take <laughs> off right. Thursday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do your broadcast from the, yeah. the from the field. We have a, a weatherman that plays, and he he comes in late because he has to do that that evening uh, weather. Well,
1: I'll I'll see if I can find uh, some time to get out there and at least check it out. And Michael, I appreciate you being on the show. It's good getting to know you. I'm glad to hear you putting yourself out there, and uh, thank you for reaching out. Because I don't, like I said, I don't often have candidates on, but when they reach out, I'm here. Well, I I didn't do it on purpose. My son made me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he made the right decision. He did. Well, again, thank you for being here. And, folks, thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow.
0: Joey Clark.